Before we get into the stories, I want to mention that story number two mentions intention of rape. It doesn't actually happen, but it is mentioned. As always, I'll have the stories in a pinned comment with the timestamps, and I'll have them labeled in case you want to skip any of them. Also, I'm going to be doing shoutouts at the end of the video for people that donate on my videos. I've been getting a lot of donations lately. So moving forward, if you send a super chat on a video, I'm going to start shouting you out at the end of the video. All that being said, remember, you can send your stories at southerncannibal.com. Alright, if you're all ready, let's get into the stories. And remember, to always, stay hungry. My family and I live in an apartment complex that is completely surrounded by forests and trees. It's a pretty bad place, not gonna lie. So it's always been safer in the woods than out in the open. My brother and I would often go into the woods, and we had a secret hangout there. This was when I was 12. I'm a female, by the way. We invited my friends Layla and Alex, who lived in a different apartment complex, to come join us so that they could build the base with us. Unfortunately, their parents caught them going into the woods and blamed us, so we couldn't see each other anymore. So it was just my brother and I. A few weeks later, we eventually didn't go anymore for quite a bit, deciding to take a break. However, this was when my dad told us we couldn't go back there anymore because it was rumored that people were setting up tents near our base and doing drugs back there. Right around this time, I realized that another person had moved in. It was a girl. Her name was Alyssa, and she was two years older than me, and she lived with her sister-in-law and brother. She was a very bad influence, but I didn't care. I had no friends, and I just wanted to hang out with someone. She told me that her brother and sister-in-law had been living there for about three months, but that she was just visiting for the summer. A few days later, my brother and I decided to go back into the woods and continue our base, hoping to show Alyssa our base. Once we reached it, though, the rumors were true. There was one singular tent on our base, and we got mad about it. We decided to go to the tent and investigate since we didn't see anyone there, and we had pocket knives on us. What we found truly was shocking. We found a plastic bag, and it had white powder in it. We found drugs, then we found a handsaw, and way too many knives for the average person. Like seriously, way too many. We also found binoculars, money, food, a machete, rope, shoes, and other tools. We also saw clothes hanging up. They were big men's clothes. We got the hell out of there after investigating and hiding the knives. We only hid the ones that really stood out to us, since there were way too many. We also started to feel like we were being watched. We got out of there and then told our dad to which she then responded that we shouldn't go back there anymore. We agreed. I had told Alyssa about it, which she seemed suspicious about. She then averted her eyes and then quickly changed the subject. I caught on to this, but I had let it pass, continuing to talk to her. She tried convincing me to go into the woods for some other reason, saying that what if there's more stuff, and that I alone should just go to get the stuff we left in the base. 
I said no, obviously. My brother and I decided to make another base, so we went to a different side of the woods. It was kind of near our old one. It was about seven minutes into the walk, but we were getting bored. And Alyssa had told her brother about the tent in the woods, but he said it was fine. He knew the guy who lived there, and he stopped going there. She still kept on insisting. Eventually, I finally gave in. Since we had a new base now, I wanted to go get our furniture, and she did say he moved out. We started walking into the woods, and she insisted I go first, and kept a steady distance behind me for some reason. When I got to the top, where I could see a view of the tent, I heard a really odd noise. It kind of sounded like someone was sharpening a weapon. I then saw the top of the guy's head. I'm not lying when I say it looked like her brother. I immediately said nope and ran the hell out of there, which she followed behind. I told her, no, I'm not going back there. After that happened, I showed her my new base. She seemed kind of quiet and just said, it's a little close to the tent, don't you think? Which I dismissed and I said if there was really someone there, it would be easy to get out since the exit is near. I started working on the architecture of it and she just sat around taking it all in. She said she needed to use the bathroom. I suggested she could go in the woods or spend about five minutes walking back to her apartment. She left for the apartments and I noticed that she was gone for quite a while. This was when I started to hear footsteps and twigs snapping. Now, I've been visiting the woods my whole life, so I know what footsteps and other human noises in the woods sound like. I pulled out my knife and I steadily walked over to the exit, jumping down from the wall, and when I was walking back, I saw her again. I didn't tell her what happened, as I thought I was just being paranoid or something, and I told her to scale the wall so we could get back up to our base. My brother came out of nowhere and scared the hell out of us when we were doing so. He helped me with the base while she just sat around. That weird eerie feeling of being watched came back, and my brother noticed it too. Alyssa had told us to stick around for a few, and we declined, starting to walk back to the exit. She came with us. We were all still hanging out when I told her I think I forgot about something, and I then went inside to get my knife back as I had put it inside. I told my dad what we felt and that I left something and that I was going to go back and get it, but he declined, saying that instead he would go. When he went back to our base, he said that he heard whispering and that he saw someone hiding behind a rather big log dressed in all black clothing head to toe and that he had a large black bag with him. My dad then told my brother and I that he was probably waiting for someone, and that he thinks it was us. He then told us to stay away from Melissa and her family, while mentioning that the man looked just like her brother, whom he had seen and talked to many times before. The day after this all happened, Alyssa came to my door and invited me alone to go and hang out with her and her brother in her apartment. She said I could stay for dinner and a sleepover if my parents agreed. But I declined, but she just kept pushing for it. Feeling really creeped out, I just shut the door in her face. I ignored all her other requests to hang out, and when my dad and I were walking to a gas station 
which you had to go through the woods to get to. My dad and I saw the same man from before following us. He had actually followed us till we went into the gas station and then left. I haven't been outside since, seeing as our brother still lives in the apartment complex right next to us. I should also mention that she and her family did smoke weed and drink a lot, as she would always try to get me to drink alcohol or smoke weed with them until we got high. There were so many damn red flags that I ignored. Fortunately though, I think that I learned from this experience. I don't think I want anything to do with her moving forward. She just really gives me bad vibes. This happened during the end of the summer of 2019. I, a female, needed distraction from my boring university revisions, and as a lot of bored single people, I was on Tinder. Nothing serious, really. I was just way too busy to meet guys anyway, but I really liked talking to people. One day, I had matched with this guy. We'll name him Ted for the sake of the story, and he was in the same university as me. He also looked handsome on his pictures. After talking for a few days on the app, and after I had decided that he was not a criminal, I gave him my number. Oh, how wrong did I end up being? Again, we talked for a while, then he asked to call me. Nothing exciting, just getting to know each other. We talked on the phone for a couple of weeks. He called me at random hours of the day and almost every night. I didn't think much of it. During our phone calls, he mostly just talked about himself, but I didn't mind because I don't really like talking about myself. It really takes me time before I trust anyone. And again, I was bored and honestly a bit lonely. I had been single for a while, so getting the attention felt nice. After a few weeks, Ted had asked me if I wanted to meet. I said yes because I was done with my exams at this point. We met at the city center. When I saw him, I was kind of shocked because he looked nothing like the handsome guy in his pictures. It was definitely him, but good angles in Photoshop truly make miracles. I was sent back, but I'm not one to judge by the looks, so I went on with the date anyways. Thinking back on it now, there were more red flags. He was asking odd questions such as, Are you shy? And, Why don't you look at me in the eyes? Well, buddy, constant eye contact is just weird, and I do need to take my eyes off of you to pick up my beer from the table or to light up a cigarette. The night went on, and we had quite a few drinks. Usually I would never ask someone I just met to come home with me. But I was wearing beer mojito vodka goggles that made my brain blind. So I left and spent the night together. In the morning, I drove him to the train station, and I went back home to have a nap. At the end of the day, he had called me and asked me if we could meet again the next night. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to see him again, because I knew that the only reason I had brought him home was the alcohol. I mean, we didn't really click but the idea of rejecting him made me feel guilty, so I just agreed anyway. The day after that, he came to my place yet again, and there, things got really weird. I started to feel extremely nervous. Something just felt really off, 
Thinking back, it was probably my guts telling me to run away from this guy. I decided to make things clear. I told him that I wasn't looking for a serious relationship at all, which was a lie. I then apologized and decided to bring him home, which I regretted later on. We got in the car and he was quite angry. He didn't talk to me and I was embarrassed, so I didn't talk either. Once we arrived at my home, he got out and then slammed the car door. I know that I've made quite a few mistakes here. I shouldn't have accepted another date with him knowing I wasn't into him, and I should have told him sooner that I didn't want a relationship with him. I sincerely didn't mean to act badly. This is why I tried to be honest with him as soon as I could. The very next day I called him, and I then apologized yet again. He said it was fine, we hung up, and I thought it was over. But oh boy was it not. A few days later, it was time to go back to uni. That morning, I woke up to a gigantic message from him, telling me that the reaction I had a few nights before really threw him off and that he was looking for stability. As soon as I opened the text, he called me. It was 7 in the morning and I had just woken up, so I can't even really remember what he said, but I told him again that I didn't want to go any further with him. He hung up. For the next few weeks, things were extremely weird. He was following me around everywhere on campus, hiding behind walls to hear my conversations, texting me all day, even if I wasn't replying, and calling me seven to ten times a day. I thought he was creepy, but that maybe he was just hurt and that he was coping. Ted was always with a guy. We'll call him Elliot. When I was at the library, they would always be sitting together near where I was. Ted was always watching me as I was studying. Whenever I went outside for a break, he followed me. It actually came to a point where my friends were texting me to warn me that he was behind me. I tried avoiding him, but it was useless. I told him many times that I didn't want any more contact with him and that he was really making me uncomfortable, but nothing worked. He just kept on going. I was going crazy. About two weeks later, I was at a party where I met my boyfriend. I fell in love very quickly. He's the most caring, loving man that I've ever met. I know it's all lovey-dovey, but try not to puke on your keyboard. Anyway, at that moment, I knew I needed to stop being so accepting of Ted's behavior. I explained to him one last time that he really needed to stop contacting me, and I finally blocked him. Again, I thought it was over. Again, oh boy was it not. Ted continued to follow me everywhere on campus for weeks, except he was never with Elliot anymore. One day while I was studying at the library, Ted was a few tables away from me of course. Suddenly, someone sat at the table right in front of mine. It was Elliot. I looked at Ted and he was staring at Elliot with the most murderous gaze ever. I thought it was really weird. I had never even talked to Elliot before, and he never came near me at all. I was really creeped out because I thought that maybe Ted had sent him over to talk to me, but he ignored me. I kept on studying. When I went out for a cigarette, Ted didn't follow me. I was surprised, but I thought nothing of it. I went back inside to study, 
A few moments later, Ted went outside. Elliot turned his head, watched him until he was out of sight, then turned to me. He looked me in the eyes, then said, Hey, I really need to talk to you. I think you're in danger. I'm sorry, I know it's weird because we don't know each other, but I'm really worried for you. For both of us, actually. I was stunned. I couldn't talk. He then said, We don't have a lot of time before Ted comes back. When you went out, he came yelling at me because I sat in front of you. When he leaves, can we please talk? I said yes, and I was shaking. At around 6pm, Ted left. We waited another hour just to make sure he was actually gone. We didn't want him to know we were in contact. At 7pm, we sat in the cafeteria, and Elliot told me things that still makes me shiver. He explained that Ted had really horrible discourses about women and how he would love to control them. He also explained that a few weeks prior, he had suspicions about Ted's behavior regarding university classes. He followed random classes every week and sometimes showed up to Elliot's classes although he didn't follow them and that he didn't have access to the university online platforms. Elliot thus realized that Ted didn't have a university email address which every member of university is supposed to have. Elliot went to the university administration, and they confirmed what he thought. Ted was not a student. He never was. After that, Elliot completely cut off contact with him. Ever since then, Ted was harassing him, calling and texting him all the time, and following him on campus. Elliot was shaking as he was telling me a story. I was shaken up as well, but what was coming would reveal to be even worse. Elliot explained that he absolutely wanted to warn me because Ted had said terrifying things about me. I already wanted to cry. Ted was talking about me all the time. Before Elliot cut contact, it got to the point where Ted was saying that he would love to rape me, that he knew where I lived and he could come over whenever he wanted and surprise me that he knew where I parked my car on campus, and that he could wait for me in the dark. He always said it with a joking tone, but Elliot got really freaked out. Him and I were shaking. I had tears in my eyes. I knew that Ted was a creep, but I never could have imagined it was that bad. At this point, we were near the end of the semester, but we still had a few weeks left. Elliot and I decided to take action, because we didn't want to be terrified every time we were on campus. First, we contacted university security. Things were taken extremely seriously. One morning when I arrived, the walls were completely covered with posters and the campus emergency number. Elliot and I were in constant contact with the chief of security, who was very concerned for the student's safety. Finally, they managed to catch Ted at the library and they asked him to not come back ever again. We also went to the police. I don't know the right term for it, but we didn't file a complaint. The police only adds a note to the person's record, so that if anything ever does happen to you, the police know that you are worried in the first place. The police officer seemed worried as well. I asked him why. He told me that he wasn't allowed to say anything specific, but that if I ever saw Ted outside of campus, I needed to call the police without any hesitation. 
How reassuring is that? I nearly pissed myself. A few days later, I got a voicemail from Elliot. He's completely shaken up. He tells me that he knows things he wasn't supposed to know. Apparently, Ted is mentally sick. He's regularly arrested and locked up in mental hospitals. He's a drug addict and alcoholic and has violent tendencies. He was already accused of attempted rape. He lives off invalidity insurance, which explains why he has so much time on his hands to come to university. I would have never guessed when I met him. Later on, I contacted one of my acquaintances who works with the police. They weren't supposed to, but they confirmed everything. Chills ran down my spine. After that, things calmed down. Ted was still on campus, but he kept a low profile. He wasn't following us around anymore. It was finally the end of the semester. I went away for a few weeks, and I never set foot on that campus. I felt so relieved. When spring semester started, Ted was still there. Not following, but watching closely. I was freaked out all over again. But then COVID hit. Since then, all of our courses are online, and I haven't seen Ted again since. I don't really know if he's still creeping on people, or if he's now officially a student. Whenever I think about him, I'm still very shaky. I just really hope to never run into him ever again. A few years ago, while I was still in university, I was in a serious relationship with this guy who I really thought was perfect for me. My parents liked him and he got along well with all of my friends, and quite frankly, I thought I was the luckiest girl alive. He was on his exchange semester in my city, and about five to six months into the relationship, he suggested transferring to my city. I thought that would be great, and I even helped him out with his application. A few months went by, and he extends his exchange semester, and we were closer than ever, even living together at this point. One day while I was at work, summer internship, he got accepted into my university, and he forwarded the email to me. I was overjoyed by this, and my friends were extremely thrilled as well. It felt like a fairy tale had come true. We then started looking for apartments and making other arrangements for his move. A few weeks passed before classes were supposed to start. He flew back to his home country to visit his parents. I did the same, and we planned to come back in two weeks. Two weeks later, I fly back for university, but he didn't. He tells me that his dad is really sick and that he has to stay home to take care of him for a few weeks. I didn't think much of it, but then a few weeks later, he tells me that the university emailed him and told him to join in the next semester, as he had already missed out on a few weeks of class. I thought that was super weird, but then he forwarded all the emails that my university sent him, so I had no reason to believe he was lying. Even though he wasn't attending classes in my country, he would come visit me every month, which really was great. A few months pass, and the next semester rolls in. He doesn't show up for the first week of class, and when I ask him about it, he says he's really sick and he'll fly in the following week. He sends me his flight tickets, apartment lease contract, 
and his student visa documents, so again, I have no reason to doubt him. The following week rolls in, and he then sends me snaps of him boarding the flight. At this point, I'm super excited to see him, and I go wait for him outside his apartment once the flight lands. It's been an hour since the flight landed, and I don't see him pull up outside the apartment. I ask him where he is, and he says that the airport isn't letting him leave because his visa had expired, and that he has to fly back to his home country. My roommate goes down to the university office to try and figure out why his visa expired, and they say they have no records of him as a student at my university. My ex then gets really mad over the call, and he says that the university lost his record, even though they told him to delay his semester. He tells me to hang tight, and that his dad will fly in soon to sort it out with the university. At this point, I'm super confused, so I go to the office in his apartment to check if he had paid for his deposit. Surprisingly, he did, and it was around $6,000, so I thought there would be no way he would blow that amount of money for no reason. So I believe his story, and I just wait for his dad to sort things out with the university. A few days pass, and I'm just sitting in my room, and I'm looking at his acceptance letter, when I notice that his student number looks oddly familiar. I open up my own acceptance letter, and I realize that I have the exact same student number. That's when I realized that he had forged all my documents and manipulated my friends and I into believing that he was a student in my university. I confronted him, and he said he did all this for me, and that he would find a way to be with me. To this day, I can never trust a single thing any guy says to me. So if you happen to be hearing this story, don't ever contact me again. I need to give some shoutouts to some people who have been donating on my videos lately. To any of you who ever donate on my videos, I really do appreciate it. It really does mean a lot. So shout out to Sundevil17, I Love Nevada29, Deadly Nightshades6769, Queenwolf7, Paul Grimm6317, Looters, Yeah No One Asked, Amy W7646, and Mindy O'Donnell8654. Once again, thank all of you so much for donating. I really do appreciate it. And moving forward, if any of you do donate on my videos, if I happen to see your comment, I'll do my absolute best to give you a shout out in a video. Thank you all so much.